The first word of the epistle proper is the word appeared, aparuit. A most fitting opening for the opening of a new year. The subject of that word is the grace of our Savior. This appeared to all men. The purpose of this appearing of God, this gracious manifestation of God, was, and I quote St. Paul, so that by denying ungodliness and worldly desires, we should live soberly and justly and godly in this world. Stringing together these seemingly unconnected things, we might say that the grace of God came into this ungraced world in order to affect us so deeply that we would abandon our former wicked ways to become a saintly people. This is a kind of application of the Christmas event, making its center on our manner of living this year of grace. Beginning this year in a state of grace, and pledging God that we will so abide in it sets our spiritual course aright. The secular world made much ado about nothing last night, and so it continues both day and night, to quote the Christmas carol, even in today's celebrations. But what concern should it be of anyone that a new calendar year begins this day unless there's hope for betterment? And in what sense? Our years come and go with many a silly hope for things that cannot have enduring significance, from political power play to financial ups and downs, to the hyped-up wins and losses in those children's games for which our professional sportsmen exact exorbitant sums of money and much inordinate attention. We are justly punished for this foolishness by suffering the empty hopes and bitter disappointments of the world's ways punished because we cannot have contentment or personal peace and happiness in anything this vain world so enticingly offers but is incapable of fulfilling. Is this a lesson we have mastered? It appears to be not so. Back to St. Paul's epistle. It was so that we might be cleansed from all iniquity and become acceptable to God that our Lord's grace appeared in Bethlehem. 
It is as if a holy church wants to center our attention on this one all-important matter as we direct our steps to commence the new year, our personal reform. Only this and nothing else will have mattered come next January 1st. Will we have done it? Will we have finally succeeded then? The circumcision of the infant Christ took place on this eighth day of his birth in accordance with Jewish custom, a very physical and painful ritual of initiation into the chosen people. It symbolized the cutting away with a knife of what is secular, unbecoming, impure, and base. The small issue of blood was a ceremonial redeeming of one from these evils, a separation and a purification from them with the result of membership, of incorporation into the people of God. This double effect of cleansing from iniquity and of sanctification inevitably brings to our minds holy baptism, its exorcism or wrenching us from the grip of the demons and its infusion into our souls of sanctifying grace. For Jesus, nothing of his circumcision had any personal advantage to him, except as a bold assertion of his obedience to the old law until such time as he would do away with all the preparatory prototypes of the Old Testament and usher in the realities they symbolized, the old giving way to the new. I'm so very glad to be a Catholic, to have at my disposal all the means of sanctification. Gratitude for this one thing alone would require an eternity of thanks. But the prestige of membership in the church imposes on me and on you the serious and weighty responsibilities to live soberly and justly and godly in this world. You and I must point ourselves in such direction this year. It ought to be the one thing we most desire, the only thing that we should want with all our might. Two prayers of this Mass formulary remind us to have recourse to the Blessed Virgin Mary to help us labor with vigilance for our salvation. 
neither her sinless life nor that of our beloved Lord's was without great acts of mortification, hard-hitting and heroic acts of self-denial, even though they had no need of them for their sinful, sinless selves. The personal sacrifice that we promise God through baptism is the renunciation of our willfulness. Think of Christ. Think of the Holy Virgin. And you will have nowhere else to search for a model of unselfish giving to God. But there are three things that hold us back from imitating them. Our enjoyments, our love of ourselves, especially the flesh, and our attachments to people and things, vain things. To circumcise these from ourselves with the knife of mortification is a painful separation. But there's no other way of belonging to God, of being a Christian, the new chosen people of God. Jesus and Mary, help us to imitate what you have done that we too may belong to God.